the mission. This is the purpose, right? right. This is why we exist. This is why this program exists. Right. Exactly. But that's the power of the pen and the narrative. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the narrative. I'm your host, Ty Slatter, and I got Royce King. How we doing today, sir? I'm doing good, Ty. How you doing today, uh, man? It's Friday. We we, we made it. <laughs> that's right. Another week in the books. Getting out ready for that the work rest week. day. I hope that you survived this last day countdown. It's almost over. We almost to the weekend. Hang in there. Right. Yeah, the weekend is basically here, man. I'm looking forward to this upcoming weekend uh, plans and activities as we prep for uh, the next six day work week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right about that. Technically, this is our weekend. Uh, so let's 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 go ahead and finish strong. But I I want to start this show off with you. Um, first and foremost, and I, I, for those that didn't hear, he checked uh, the breaking news yet. Demarcus Cousins tore his ACL Monday at practice in Las Vegas with some Lakers players. Uh, the news broke by Wolves ESPN on Thursday morning. Uh, Royce, I, I do need I do need your uh, your your take on the impact of the Lakers season with DeMarcus Cousins going out with the ACL, which more than likely will take him out the entire 2020 season. Well, the first thing, Ty, is the fact that we're losing – well, not we, because I don't play for the Lakers. Uh, but the <laughs> Los Angeles Lakers are losing a career 21 points, 11 rebounds, oh. three assists. Oh, man. All-star, right? He's Ouch. an all-NBA kind of player. Ugh. And, you know, DeMarcus Cousins has been working his way back to uh, the best possible shape and condition he could find himself in. But unfortunately, this guy has suffered a a devastating, you know, turn of events um, with this ACL tear. And another unfortunate portion to report is the fact that this Achilles tear that he suffered, uh, the quad tear, and now the ACL all were all to the leg. same left leg. Look, just throw the whole leg away, man. Get it, get this man a t- terminator leg or something. <laughs> oh. So, I mean, the impact that this is going to have is how it affects the starting unit as well as the depth of the uh, Los Angeles Lakers. Right. We, we remember earlier in the summer there was conversations, oh, well, LeBron's going to play point guard. Well, LeBron's been actively playing the point guard from the four position his entire career. Correct. But if they were <laughs> correct, but if they were intending to actually move him on like depth charts to the point guard position and take him away from showing, you know, there in small forward as he traditionally is, well, now the loss of DeMarcus Cousins at center leaves only JaVale McGee there. Right. So what we have to, you know, safely, I think, project or speculate at this point in time, whichever word you prefer, um, JaVale McGee and Anthony Davis will log majority of the minutes now at the five as this roster is currently constructed. And then you have to expect LeBron James and Kyle Kuzma to be your power forwards, along right. with Danny Green and Jared Dudley, spelling time at the small forward position, which right. means – now Rajon Rondo and Quinn Cook and Alex Caruso are, for the most part, in terms of depth chart seating, the exclusive point guards on the roster. Right. Now, 
for wins and losses, I would say, well, I'm not going to say wins and losses. Let me back that up. Let me focus on uh, the low management uh, for LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Or lack thereof. Well, I was projecting that each guy would play between 60 and 65 games with the presence of DeMarcus Cousins and Kyle Kuzma, right? Right. Both available. Now, taking Cousins out of the equation, we have to look for LeBron and AD to get to 65 to 75 games played because the seeding is still going to be important for the Los Angeles Lakers because – one, we don't want to see Lakers versus Clippers any earlier than the Western Conference Finals. So they have to make sure that they are in the proper seating position as they make way through rounds one in the semifinals into the Western Conference because I believe that this Los Angeles Lakers roster is still talented enough and good enough to advance to the Western Conference Finals strictly off of the dynamic duo of LeBron James and Anthony Davis alone. But but what DeMarcus Cousins was going to provide, in my view, was an edge, an upgrade, if you will, an advantage over other opponents. He's tough as nails. He's skilled. He's a five who could shoot the three that could handle the ball, uh, attack the rim from a perimeter position as well as defend the painted area. He's not the greatest shot blocker. He's not even probably a a top 10 all-time shot blocker. However, he's still a force to be reckoned with in the paint. And he's a tremendous rebounder. And he's a very good passer for his position size. A a tremendously skilled big man uh, prior to uh, his Achilles rupture. DeMarcus Cousins was arguably, if not easily, the best big man in the NBA at that time, at the five. Pure center. He was probably the best in the league at that moment in time when he ruptured his Achilles. Since then, we've been dealing with a guy who's trying to, you know, find himself. He's only looked somewhat a shell of himself. You remember what he could be, or you're hoping he can get back to it. But now... This impacts this Laker roster tremendously. It doesn't impact them financially in the books. I mean, they got him at a, a bargain price at three and a half mil. But right. far as you know, wins and losses and championship aspirations, this is why um, they're going to be a playoff team. They're going to be a Western Conference contender. And again, LeBron and AD. If they can remain healthy, they have a chance to still get to the NBA Finals. But I don't think they'll win it. Gotcha. Hmm. Being a fan of Marcus Cousins' game, seeing what he did in Sacramento, even in his brief time with New Orleans and and the impact he had on that roster with Rajon Rondo and AD, I was looking forward to the Pelican reunion on the Lakers this season with those three. Because uh, those that watch the Pelicans, we we saw what they can do when they all are fully healthy and fully functional. Right. Um, that was a good look. That was a good team. It was no no question. Um, it's it's sad that that team was short lived because I, I believe the New Orleans definitely had had a shot to make a, a deep playoff run with that roster at the time with Drew Holiday. 
uh, as well. Well, and, I think uh, the Lakers saw exactly what you were seeing, right? Yeah. They yeah. grabbed Rondo. Now they had the opportunity. They were going to have AD and Cousins reunite with Rondo, and that trio was significant enough to get that young Pelican team into a postseason run in the playoff. And if right. you were adding – if you were let's, – let's, let's revisit that and reassess okay. it and say – if this were the Pelicans and they were adding LeBron James and Kyle Kuzma Man. and right. Avery Bradley and Contavious Caldwell Pope and Danny Green and Danny Green, you would be like, "Hey, that's a championship team." Two years ago, you got them team. going to the NBA Finals, right? Absolutely, absolutely. So it was a no-brainer for me to say this Laker team is going to it's the going NBA to the Finals. Finals, right? And you did say that you you were on record saying. 2020 NBA Finals, and I think it was June or July this year. You said Lakers, Sixers. I'll give you that. You you called that. So, unfortunately, now that it's basically two years removed and DeMarcus Cousins is in the middle of fighting for his NBA career, for the remainder (laughs) of his NBA career, this is bigger than, you know, the Lakers – when it comes right. to DeMarcus Cousins, uh, right. he's fighting for what could be the rest of his career and a livelihood. He's 29 years old. Here's my recommendation for DeMarcus Cousins, the man, the ball player. Okay. Rehabilitate to the best of your abilities, but right. give that leg rest. Hey. Exactly. Give that leg exactly what it needs. Here's what DeMarcus Cousins may have to consider sacrificing. One, I don't know his finances. I'm hopeful that he's managed his monies well. If I'm DeMarcus Cousins, I look at all my business endeavors. I manage my finances and I live off of that and I rest. I rest from 29 through 31. I spend the next two years resting as much as I possibly can. Not the rigorous type of rehabilitation that says I'm trying to get back in time for the 2020 postseason run for a championship ring or to prove to someone that they should sign me to a max deal. See, DeMarcus Cousins, the player, is the value. That's the livelihood. You can't do anything if that is damaged goods. So you have to make sure that you are 100% completely. Don't feel any pressure from anyone. You have a one-year deal. The Lakers are going to pay you $3.5 million this year, and you're not going to play. So guess what? It's only going to cost you now one year of not playing in the NBA, meaning right. no NBA contract. Don't seek out a contract next year. If somebody wants to negotiate a contract with you and your agent in good faith next year and you and you don't play, you okay. remain in the IR, then by all okay. means, go for it. Rehab. But, but, it right. but – Give it rest. No, don't don't rehabilitate in the sense of no. Well, that's what I mean. Well, that's what I mean. I'm talking about rehab. Like, don't try to play. Like, don't try to get back on the court prematurely. Not only that, 
sometimes some injuries just purely need rest, my friend. Complete, absolute rest. No running whatsoever. Mm. Mm. All the things that basketball players do, you may need to eliminate absolutely all of it. Be a civilian for a year or two. Hello, everyone. This is Tosh Slatter with GTA Sports. Want to know where I go to get my face clean like a king? Check out Bishop and Shet at H Palace, located in the Forest Manor community, right on the corner of 34th Street and Keystone. From waves and fades to liners for dreads and braids, Bishop and Shet play to change the game. Book your appointment today at hpalace.com. That's A-Y-T-C-H-P-A-L-A-C-E.com. H Palace, Barber and Beauty Salon, where kings and queens belong. You are now tuned in to the narrative with Royce King and Todd Slatter. Follow GTA Sports Network on all social media platforms. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, GTA Sports Network. And check out GTASportsNet.com for all things basketball. Hello everyone, this is Todd Slatter with GTA Sports. When it comes to all of my photography needs, Magic Shot Visual is just for me. With over 10 years of experience, Amir King is the definition of quality over quantity. From sporting events to family affairs, let Magic Shots capture your memories right here. Book your next event today, 765-215-4507, or visit Amir on Instagram at Magic Shots. Here's why I'm saying it. I, I just basically did it for an entire season myself. This past okay. season... I went into a preventive maintenance program that's self-applied. I listened to my body, and I made a decision. While I'm on the East Coast, I'm not going to officiate high school or college basketball. When the regular season of basketball, high school and college, was over, I did not go into my normal off-season training program, and that is begin working the AAU and grassroots circuits. Okay. Right. So that begins as early as March, goes into April and May and June. I didn't attend any camps for college. My only month of working basketball was the month of July. I worked three weekends, basically, but they were long weeks, long weekends. I went from Friday to Thursday. Then I worked maybe a couple of days, and then the following Friday, again through another Thursday for the events that were in Indianapolis. Got you. That was because I needed to now find out where am I in my rehabilitation of a sore Achilles? How does my body feel? Where am I mentally and emotionally? Am I ready to go for this upcoming regular season? that I've agreed to work high school basketball in the state of Indiana. Mm. So you have to listen to your body and do what's really best for your body, even if it doesn't seem normal. It's not what everybody else may be doing at that time. And so that's my suggestion to DeMarcus Cousins is get your rest, take care of your body, listen to it, and don't feel the pressure and the demands of making money because you're a millionaire. <laughs> I, I hopefully you've managed your money, but you're a millionaire and you have other value. So this is a chance for him to discover 
what other value he possesses for at least two seasons. He's 29. You're going to turn 30 this year. You're going to be 31 next year. Come out of 31 going into 32 fresh, ready to go, 100%. That's my suggestion. Wow. that I mean, you're right. It does sound like an acquired taste if you're so used to being in the gym, getting, getting your reps up, morning jogs, whatever your routine mm-hmm. may be, to just be, like you said, and, and being a civilian. Mm-hmm. Like, live life. It's not easy. It, and it's not easy. It's absolutely difficult. It's absolutely difficult. Don't think that what I said was very easy. I just spent not- five straight years building my officiating career working towards a goal to become uh, a tournament official, to become a collegiate official. I was going nonstop for four years straight, in season, out of season, getting my reps, seeing plays, seeing game footage, working games, getting perfecting my skill and my craft as an official, and my mechanics and everything, my communication with my peers and players and coaches – and you you get into it and you love it. And then all of a sudden, your body starts talking to you and you have to listen or it will shut you down. And then while you're listening in preventive maintenance mode, you miss the game. And so I didn't I didn't do all the things that I, I actively did when I was in the game. I didn't watch as much women's college basketball you know, D1, D2 games, go to my, uh, go to my, um, what's it called? My Synergy Sports account, watch the Division Three games and everything, all that was there. No, I avoided it because of my love for the game. And I knew it would, it would, it would call to me. And, And look, sometimes we have to be honest with ourselves. We have weaknesses for certain things. True. A lot of the professional athletes, you know, the best in the business, aren't playing for money. They're playing right. for because love. they love it, because right. it calls to them, and they answer it when it calls. It is going to be extremely difficult for DeMarcus Cousins to execute the plan that I'm recommending to him. But if he's set on earning at least one more sizable deal, he's got to get his proper rest and renew his mind and his body, and he'll find success. I guarantee it. Wow. Well, prayers for a speedy recovery from DeMarcus Cousins. Absolutely. Uh, no, no, anybody that loves the game of basketball understands the dynamic and, and how deep it goes understands that these type of injuries and having that many back-to-back is debilitating mentally and emotionally for a player that really loves the game. So mm-hmm. uh, these you can't take these things lightly. And I, I hope he, you know, at least if he doesn't apply the Royce King, <laughs> right. Royce King game plan, at least find something close enough to it that his leg can fully recover. And please, please, please do not repeat what you did in Golden State and come back trying to chase a ring and right. trying, to, trying to be impactful on a team that's already a championship caliber team. I understand the the game calls you, you, you answer, 
But sometimes you got, you know, you got to send them to the voicemail. You got to put on do not disturb. You know, you got, you got to do something. Lock your phone up. Shut it down. Yes. Shut it down. Take time. Please take time. Because Demarcus Cousins is not a player that he's he's far from being a scrub. So anybody, <laughs> no, that's right. I'm just, I'm just, I just had to put that out there. Anybody that feels that the Demarcus Cousins that you saw in the 2019 NBA Finals versus Toronto, that that's not Demarcus Cousins. That was, he was a shell of himself. He had one good game in that series. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he's way more than that. He wasn't at 100. percent We all knew it. Those of us that have followed his career, we all knew it. But we also knew that he wanted to be a part of a ring if they won. He wanted to feel like he did his part so he can get a bigger contract. But I just hope that he takes it takes into consideration that what he's doing right now is more important than money. It's bigger than absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Isaiah Thomas is another player that. Um, also had to learn that valuable lesson the hard way, and he rushed himself back from his hip injury that he acquired while he was in Boston trying to get a max contract, and he's been bounced around the league, not only because of his short stature, I'm sure that plays a part in it, but also because he hasn't been 100% for the last two seasons. Um, Royce, I don't know if you um, followed that story or not that uh, Isaiah Thomas you know, got the deal in, uh, with the Wizards. Yes. Your deal. Um, I'm hoping, and just based on what I've been seeing from him this last offseason, the end of last season, I feel like he's done, kind of, in a sense, kind of what DeMarcus needs to do. He's, t- he's taking a few steps back. He's been focusing on more of his media work, his other ventures, um, and being a mentor at the Mamba Sports Academy um, for, for upcoming athletes, younger athletes. He's been you know doing more speaking engagements. He's even uh, took time out to do what I believe is the MVPA's uh, – they have a, a university. I don't know if you've heard of it, mm-hmm. uh, where he was learning how to do analyst work to be become a TV analyst. So I feel like Isaiah Thomas has been doing what the markets needs to do as far as what you call the civilian work. Just as an example of things to up your value and up your stock after the game, after after your time on the court is done, you have something else to fall back on and to build upon on that foundation overall as an individual. Well, what 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 you're acknowledging is what I've spoken about on numerous occasions now is that the NBA is shifting its its view and its its operations, you know, within the operations. Right. I was having this conversation uh out with uh Coach Kelly um last night. We were out, we were having a little meal after our games and we were talking about DeMarcus Cousins, and we, we, we talked about Carmelo Anthony. We talked about Jeremy Lin, and we also, funny that you mentioned Isaiah Thomas. We talked about Isaiah. Okay. And his question was, did these guys, are they getting an opportunity, or is the NBA throwing these guys away? And I said, they've all gotten an opportunity, and the NBA is not throwing them away. But the NBA, it's kind of like uh, a stage play. Right. The NBA is saying you've had your spotlight. You've had your time on the stage. And now we need to usher you off. Right. You have to make your you have to, as you as gracefully as you need to enter scene. You need to exit scene just as gracefully. Gotcha. Some people go kicking and screaming. Right. What you're speaking about with Isaiah Thomas is recognizing that he is beginning to now accept, much like we talked about even Dwayne Wade, and we talked about Dirk Nowitzki, and right. we're going to be talking about Vince Carter this year. 
Right. These guys have the temperament and they also understand that they have value to the league, the company, the NBA in other fashions with other, uh, uh, I guess you could say other hats that they wear right. or other labels that they can wear outside right. of just player. Gotcha. And so with Isaiah Thomas doing his groundwork because he too is 30 years old. Right. So what's left to prove? Does Isaiah Thomas need to prove that he's a baller? Does he need to prove that he can go? Absolutely not. Because anybody who knows IT2 knows that everything that the NBA uh, GMs and coaches put in front of him when he came into the league back in 2012 as the 60th pick, he killed. Here's what Isaiah Thomas boasts, that he at pick 60 was traded for his draft class overall draft pick classmate Kyrie Irving head up one for one and everyone saw it as value for value it wasn't like what kind of deal is this somebody just got took no because he had played himself to that high of a stop that if you maybe redrafted they might have went arguably one and two Kyrie Irving IT Isaiah Thomas wow every Sacramento That's, that's crazy yeah, man, think about it. Every Sacramento King point guard that they put in front of Isaiah Thomas, he killed. Right. Every point guard. And then when he got to Phoenix, you had Eric Bledsoe, Goran Dragic, and all those guys. Isaiah was killing. Right. Gets to Boston. Now you on you in the story franchise. With Brad Stevens' system. Isaiah Thomas was killing, making the Celtics relevant. They're pursuing... NBA titles, they're going head-to-head with LeBron James. Right. Led by the, the smallest guy in the league, right. Isaiah Thomas. He's hitting big shots. He's clutching the fourth quarter. Playing through family adversity and tragedy, the mm. loss of his sister. Man. Do you understand? This guy, much like we just got finished talking about DeMarcus Cousins, This is the life of a pro athlete. You have to deal with real life as well as the sport and all of its challenges for wins and losses and pursuits of championships and and, and glory and finance. But Isaiah Thomas didn't play the game for free. He's been compensated. Did he get the money that maybe he desired or wanted to get? Maybe not. Is he going to get that money? I think that he will. If he recognizes his value and understands that he just won't get it as Isaiah Thomas, the player for the Boston Celtics, right? Maybe even the Washington Wizards. This could be if he chooses, if he chooses his last year. If not, he can keep playing for another two, three, four, five years as long as he wants as a backup. If he accepts that, I'm going right. to I'm gonna follow the Vince Carter blueprint, right? But we got to understand that the NBA is shifting and is going into a significant youth movement and it's asking that it's that it's veterans in the league begin being veterans in the league at around age 24, 25 through 29, 30. Why? Because they're taking more players. They're drafting more kids at 18 and 19. And by 24, if you come in at 18, by 24, 25, you got what? Six seasons in, seven seasons. Right. That's a veteran in the league. Wow. That's a that's a good average time or career. Because why? There are so many more kids 
that are coming every season. You got youth leagues everywhere. Right. So we'll get into some of that stuff later, but yeah, Absolutely. man. But Isaiah I do, Thomas. I do want I do want to transition it because you brought up a good point that players like Isaiah Thomas don't have nothing left to prove. Now, Kareem Abdul Jabbar, uh, NBA legend in his own right for the Los Angeles Lakers, recently made a statement about LeBron James having nothing else to prove in his career and as a Laker, saying that the playoffs or making a deep playoff run would be enough in his career and legacy is already cemented in the history of the NBA. Your thoughts on that, Mr. King? Well, perspective is going to, you know, is everything. You know, what's the mindset of the person who hears that and what's their expectation for LeBron James being in the Laker purple and gold. And I'm not sure that people understand or accept, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the person, especially uh, some young people. But I thought it was interesting when I was doing my research that um, a guy like Rob Parker, who's been around the game for some some time, found an issue uh, with (laughs) Kareem's statements. Right. But – we're not going to make this about what Rob Parker had to say or what he thinks. Okay. What I think is LeBron James, the basketball player and the man have nothing left to prove to anyone in the world ever. If LeBron James decided to withdraw himself from social media spotlight, right? And just play out the remaining Laker contract, here's what we must understand. LeBron James is going to play out that contract attempting to win NBA championships. Don't get that twisted. Understand that. Some things, you know, if it's completely understood, it doesn't have to be stated, right? So where Rob Parker, to me, was... You know, just being an entertainer, he spoke as if LeBron was some other guy that didn't just make nine finals appearances. Your sound was going in and out, sir. Did, uh, was your hand on the mic or something? I don't know what happened. I'm I'm good. Okay. Is, is, is the quality still there? Like, you're good now, but when you was talking, it was like you went far away and came back in. It was like it was almost like you was hitting the on-off switch. Apologies. No, no problem, um, so I was saying LeBron James is a guy who made eight straight finals appearances. He's been to nine total. Uh, he's going to play out his contract in pursuit of making the NBA finals and winning a championship in Los Angeles. That should be an automatic given. So why are you so offended when Kareem Abdul-Jabbar just simply says LeBron James has nothing left to prove? Like, if they made the playoffs for LeBron, that should be good enough. Because he's put the miles on his body. He's made the sacrifice. He's been paying the price to be great, and he is. You understand what I'm saying? Now, as a Laker fan who wants to see the Lakers win a championship sooner than later, you could be selfish, but... I don't see the average Joe who's a Laker fan suiting up and putting in the work 
with their body to go out and play on the basketball court at the professional level. It's not an easy job. The schedule is very rigorous. You have to have discipline in terms of getting rest, the meals you eat, the, the requirement to show up and entertain the media. Right. It is not an easy task to be a professional athlete. But here LeBron James has done it, and he's done it very well. He's done it with class. You know, he's done it at the highest level. I mean, I get, you know, Rob's point. Well, LeBron has the opportunity to be the first person to win an NBA championship on three different teams. Okay, well, so does Kawhi Leonard now. So should LeBron feel like I got to beat Kawhi at getting there first? No, LeBron shouldn't feel that pressure. Not at all. He's in the conversation of greatest of all time in his sport. Once you arrive to that conversation alone, you have nothing left to prove because it's going to now forever just be the 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 point of opinion of someone else. Who do I argue for? Who do you argue for? That's all that is. Are we going to say that Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time and not discuss Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as the greatest of all time? Are we not going to discuss uh, Wilt Chamberlain as the greatest of all time? Are we not going to discuss LeBron James as the greatest of all time? For those who love Kobe, are you not going to discuss Kobe Bryant as the greatest of all time? I love how you said for those that love Kobe. <laughs> no, I'm I'm just saying. I, I it, personally Kobe. wouldn't put Kobe in the conversation for the greatest of all time, like overall. I would prerequisite. Okay. Greatest of all time shooting guard, he's in the conversation because after Michael Jordan, there's his mini me. There's a chip off the old block. In right. in spirit and in, in, in competition, dare I say Kobe Bryant in spirit is the son of Michael Jordan. In basketball, do you follow what I'm saying? That's fair. Yeah, because when you, I mean, how many people have put up all the clips all over YouTube where you can show side by side simultaneous video of Kobe fade away, Michael fade away, Kobe one dribble pull up, Michael one dribble pull up. I mean, these guys were identical in spirit. This is what I meant the other day. When you and I were talking, uh, and I said, greatness begets greatness. Right. Michael Jordan inspired Kobe Bryant to follow in his footsteps. Magic Johnson begat LeBron James. Right. Do you understand? Like, do we not talk about Magic as the greatest of all time? He's in the conversation. No, No question. No question. So, Kareem makes perfect sense to those who want to accept it for what it is and what it means when you say prove. Does he have anything left to prove? LeBron has nothing left to prove. Do people have expectations and hope for LeBron James? Absolutely. Yes, 100%. I agree with that. That's fair. I I believe at the end of the day, Kareem understands that LeBron is in the twilight of his career. Mm-hmm. Kareem, being a former champion, 
uh, understand the rigorous work that goes into team development, front office moves, pieces that need to be moved, players that need to be moved, timing has to be right, the 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 NBA landscape has to put certain, like you said earlier uh, in today's conversation regarding uh, the Western Conference hopeful matchup of the battle for LA against the Lakers and Clippers. We we all you know being in this game that it's all about matchups and timing. So I think Kareem understands that even though LeBron is an all time great, no matter how you want to slice it, no matter what order you want to put him in, he's on that list of all time greats. When he finally puts the ball down and walks off the court. He will be one of the goats of this league. We know this. Man, Kareem doesn't get enough credit for being a great mind and a great player to this game right. of basketball. And it's, it's it's mostly, I think, not to cut you off on that, because I, I agree with that. I feel like a lot of it has to do with the fact that Magic Johnson came to the Lakers and they start winning instantly. So I think a lot of Kareem shine. Yeah, but that's because... Kareem was there. Like Magic right, walked right. into a, a palace. Exactly. <laughs> he walked into a Laker <laughs> palace. Like, he didn't have to but, but, build the palace. All he had to right. do was just reign and rule as prince. Exactly. But see, that's my point. Kareem did that era. work. That's my that's my point. But you're from that era where that narrative has been spun, and the light and the glory of the Showtime Lakers falls on Magic. Even though Kareem was there first, and even though Kareem won the championship in Milwaukee before he got to the Lakers, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't talk about that because they're not one. They're not from that era, and the history kind of gets lost in the sauce. And I think, like once again, that spotlight from that that glory, the glory days of the Lakers, falls on Magic's shoulders, just for being the flashy player that he was. Now, granted, Kareem is known for the skyhook, but he's not known for being the original. Laker of that Showtime era. Everybody sees Magic and gets so blinded by the, well, the shiny, glossy style that Magic had on the court when it came to his court vision being stellar. Well, well top line. Well, that's that's correct. I mean, that's accurate because you use the word Showtime. So when you say the Showtime era, then yes, Magic right. is Showtime. It is. Absolutely. It is because of you know. It's that word if you say showtime. Every time you say showtime, you have to say magic, not Kareem. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. But if you're right. not using showtime, and right. if you're just talking about Laker greatness as a team and and things of that nature. Right. Look, Kareem was a great player. They had really good teams. Magic's arrival as a difference maker to walk in, he was so good, he was so talented, he created and posed, you know, matchup problems as a six nine point guard with all that he had in his bag, coupled with an unstoppable shot in the Kareem Abdul Jabbar sky hook. Right. Hey. Dynamic duo, one-two punts. It was it go. was lethal that a rookie could come into the league with a veteran captain who had the type of humility to say, like, we can be great together. 
Right. Imagine what those conversations might have been like uh, with Cap and, 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 you know, Cap is Kareem. They called him Cap. Right. right. With, you know, Cap and Magic. And Magic. Right. You know, and what it was going to take to get it done. There's video oh, footage of the very first game that Magic played in with Kareem, and Kareem hit, you know, a big shot to win the game, and Magic is so ecstatic. He's jumping all over Kareem Abdul-Jabbar like they had just won the finals. A lot of people see that footage and think that's a final celebration. That was game one. That was an early game in the season. Wow. But Magic was such a, 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 a joy for the game. He loved the game that he celebrated a lot of the early moments because he still kind of – he was a young person, right, and he enjoyed the game. And he was playing with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who just hit a big shot. Right. Cap like, hey, man, calm down. <laughs> we got about 79 more games to go. You can't right. do this every game, right? But that's right. just the beauty and the joy of the game. So not enough people recognize what it is that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has done for this game, what he's done for big men in this game, what he brings to the game. And the media, the writers, what they've attempted to do is almost write him out of history if they could, but you can't. Right. You know, you might not give him – and he doesn't probably even desire it. I don't think Kareem Abdul-Jabbar really desired spotlight. He was never that kind of player or person. He likes his own space. He likes to be alone with himself and his thought. There are certain things that if people would Google and, and research uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, you would understand why it's almost easy to take shots at him. I, I can see that. If he has a personality like a Kawhi Leonard who – you know, really just came to do his job and just play and play the game for the love of the game. Didn't really care for the media. Didn't really care for the fame. Just really just wanted to go out there and be the best version of themselves they could be. I can completely understand right. that dynamic. Yeah. Kareem is a guy, you know, and I hate to, you know, ramble too much. So, but so Kareem is a guy who's at peace with himself very early on. You know, you know, going from Luau Cinder to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, uh, you're talking about a, a person who, for the most part, was in a, uh, on a different type of pursuit. But his livelihood, where he went into work every day, you got to watch him work, you know, and, and earn and see how he earned his income. But what was most important to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was becoming the best man that he could be. And along the way, he became the all-time leading scorer. Right. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, uh, I could be wrong. Did Carl Malone catch him? I know he was in pursuit. I don't think he – No, I, I don't think, think he's still behind. I think he I think he fell short. Okay. Yeah, double-check that for me. <laughs> but Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and that sky hook, um, there are too many – bigs today every time i see a jump hook that's that's still a salute to kareem skyhook that's how special he was at what's called the skyhook is that the jump hook is almost unstoppable for for every big how many times do you see somebody's jump hook get blocked 
you don't see it get blocked a lot. So why not take the next step in Skyhook? Discipline, discipline and commitment to the craft. That's the only reason. So, you know, Kareem is a is a pillar and a giant in this game. No question. Kareem is number one on that list to, to confirm it for you. Uh, with 38,387 points, Carl Malone is, was 36,928 points. And Kobe Bryant's right behind Carl Malone at 33,643. Mm-hmm. So your top three is right there. Two Lakers in the top three of all time. And, and, even, Car- and even Carl Malone wore the Laker purple and gold late in his career. And he my, did. And he might he, he might he might have even caught it if it wasn't for the injury. Wow, I just thought about that. You're yeah. Right. He, he also the top top four, because LeBron is number four. So the top four all time scoring are Lakers. Have wore the right Laker now. purple and gold at least once at in their career. Point. Wow. And, yep. Yep. Top four. You got Kareem, Carl, Kobe, and LeBron. LeBron's at thirty two thousand right now. Thirty two thousand five hundred and forty three. Yeah. Yeah. That's very intentional. Talk about writing a narrative. Man, <laughs> right. The, the 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 stage has been set. LeBron's gonna retire a Laker, and he's gonna try to catch Kareem. Greatness. Take one Laker down for another Laker. Mm-hmm. Sum it all up. I'm hoping that LeBron can get at least one more ring because I, I do believe, even though he has nothing else to prove stat wise, he's got three championships. Um, obviously, as I just after mentioned, he would try to catch Kareem before the end of his career, or at the very least, be number two right there underneath Kareem at the end of his career when it comes to all-time scoring. But I do believe that one more championship and winning one for the Lakers who have not won a championship in almost a decade, I do believe that will cement him even greater. And being that it's with three different franchises, I do think that that will put him in a a greater conversation if he could just get one more championship before he walks away from the game. Absolutely, I can agree with that. Hello, everyone. This is Ty Slatter with GTA Sports. Want to know where I go to get my face clean like a king? Check out Bishop and Shep at H Palace, located in the Forest Manor community, right on the corner of 34th Street and Keystone. From waves and fades to liners for dreads and braids, Bishop and Shep play to change the game. Book your appointment today at hpalace.com. That's A-Y-T-C-H-P-A-L-A-C-E.com. H Palace, Barber and Beauty Salon, where kings and queens belong. You are now tuned in to the narrative with Royce King and Todd Slatter. Follow GTA Sports Network on all social media platforms. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, GTA Sports Network. And check out GTASportsNet.com for all things basketball. Hello everyone, this is Todd Slatter with GTA Sports. When it comes to all of my photography needs, Magic Shot Visual is just for me. With over 10 years of experience, Amir King is the definition of quality over quantity. From sporting events to family affairs, let Magic Shots capture your memories right here. Book your next event today, 765-215-4507, or visit Amir on Instagram at Magic Shots. Let's take a step back. Since we're talking about players that have retired, players that are on the verge of retiring throughout the majority of the narrative, let's kind of flip the narrative real quick and talk about Players that are developing, players that are on the way to starting their NBA journey or have hopes and dreams of becoming that elite to become a part of that great society known as the National Basketball Association. What impact do youth basketball games have on long-term health injuries? Because you, if you have, I mean, you've been covering the NBA for quite some time and with the, you, you, you've seen the game evolve numerous times, numerous errors and numerous levels of shifting, right? Mm-hmm. So 
that means you've also noticed that the 80s and 90s, you may or may not have seen less injuries from your star players or elite players versus now where a lot more players have injuries, I feel, a lot more more frequent than they did, say, 10, 20 years ago. Do you agree or disagree with that, sir? I guess you could say I agree. My mind is just really thinking about what it is that I saw. And what I best answer I could probably provide is that what I witnessed was careers were cut shorter a lot quicker when injuries occurred, right? When you go back into time because medicine wasn't as advanced, right? So to perform certain surgeries, uh, the training, the rehabilitation process uh, wasn't uh, as extensive as it is now. You know, we've really advanced through science and medicine along with, you know, technology. So you could give those guys who had season or career ending injuries, then some of them would not be classified as a career ending injury if they were playing now. That's right. But what we're seeing nowadays is the increase in usage of the player from an early stage and uh, in, in the specializing in a sport. And so they're actually coming into the NBA damaged already, having sustained maybe an ACL tear. Consider Harry Giles, if you will, for right. the Sacramento Kings. Harry Giles has had numerous injuries, which he still be drafted in the NBA, but he's probably not going to be the player he was projected to be pre-injuries. Uh. Um, consider even Dewan Blair, who played some time for the San Antonio Spurs and the Dallas Mavericks. Dewan Blair, uh, I, I believe it was reported he was playing without ACLs. Mm. Here's a guy who, I don't know how he did what he did, but he had multiple ACL tears. Wow. If my memory serves correctly, right? Okay. I'm just doing this from memory off the top and just dropped in my head that, you know, mentioned Dewan Blair. But there are a number of players Nowadays, because of the youth sports and, and the game, and I love youth sports. Youth sports serves me in officiating. This is how I get better in the summers. This is how I built my officiating career, you know, at the high school varsity and, you know, Division three women's collegiate level through officiating youth sports, you know, high-level youth sport games. My concern is the growing number of players who are playing, but they'll probably not make it into the NBA. Right. She'll probably not make it to the WNBA or play overseas. And what is occurring sporting-wise in the human body is the breakdown. You're, you're sustaining early injuries because you're playing so many games on a weekend in a short period of time where your, your body 
just is not getting enough rest right. and recovery. It's just not enough. Now, a lot of there is, again, science and medicines work together. There are things that are available uh, to aid, but time. You can't put more hours in a day. Uh, I'm just sorry. You uh-huh. can't add time to a day. You can attempt to speed the recovery through science as best as you can, but you know, all things being considered, what's the purpose to increase still my usage? So it, it's not a, it's not a win. You understand what I'm saying? Like it's still equal. You're still using me up. So if I recover faster, it just means you get to use me sooner. Right. So we have to be smarter as players. We have to be smarter uh, as parents as we look to uh, guide our, 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 our student athlete, our child, son or daughter towards um, value in a professional sport so that he or she can earn uh, those millions of dollars, but then live um, with a good quality of life outside of the sport or once their playing days are over maybe you begin to put a cap on how long you played the game we know this in 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 football uh a guy like barry sanders for the detroit lions he walked away while he still had years left and caught everybody by surprise then uh seasons later almost maybe a decade later um the wide receiver I remember his. I can't remember his whole his, his government, but I know his nickname was Megatron, mm. the wide receiver for the Lions. He walked away from the game. There was just recent conversations where uh, Antonio yeah. Brown is talking like, "I'm right. good. I could walk away from the right. game." When you are a student of your craft, and when you are a good steward of your finances. You can determine and you can dictate and you can basically control the narrative of your life and you won't be dictated to by the pressures or the perceptions and and, and expectations of others and neither will you be dictated to by survival mode for money and finance because you are in charge. You, You have a mission. You have a plan and a purpose, a vision. You've executed it. You've gotten value and return on your investment. And now you can move on to complete maybe another vision, to pursue another vision and do the same thing over again. You understand? So you can have great success that way. Uh, But with youth sports right now, I would love to see our young people in particular spending more time training in the pool. There is uh, an outstanding young uh, coach uh, by the name of Tyrone Daniels here in Indianapolis, Indiana. He has a program, uh, Indiana Pride Basketball Academy. And I was fortunate enough to spend some time with he and his original uh, team program. The sponsor was Pride Blackwell. Uh, We went to uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, and I watched them compete in the USBA and win the national championship and they were competing at such a high level. They eventually earned uh, sponsorship by uh, North Coast Blue Chips. 
and spent time, you know, with LeBron and, and everything like that. And one of the things that, you know, I, I spoken to Tyrone about and I watched him do with the youth, and that was they get in the pool collectively together and they play and they have fun, right? right. And what the, the kids may did not realize or understand is that that was waking their body up entirely before games, right? Right. Uh, and wake their mind up as well as it helped them, you know, just being active and dealing with the resistance and the buoyancy of that water. It's like medicine. It's helpful to your ligaments and your tendons. It kept that team fresh. It kept them vibrant and aggressive, you know, in playing the game. But far as the preventive maintenance towards injury. Now they're not trying to get in shape through the constant pounding, you know, on the basketball court. They're not trying to just, you know, run laps around the track or around the gym. They're doing something else to strengthen their bodies. And it gives you a, a, a tough mindset as well, if you will, in terms of a will to compete, because look, if you don't tread water consistently, uh, in deeper waters, when you when you when you when you are a, a shorter player in terms of a kid, you got to think I'm talking about youth sports, and they're in six feet, and the kid's basically four foot right. something, right? He's got to tread water. He's working his mind. He's working his will that I will not drown. I will not be defeated by the water. I will not become subject to the water. And if I go under, I'll use all that I know. I, do I know how to swim underwater? Right. How long can I hold my breath underwater? Right. What is that doing for his lung capacity? And right. All of that, right? You're building the whole body and it's not strenuous. So we have to be, we have to consider, you know, alternative methods when we're training our professional athletes. I agree with that, sir. I, I believe that if we want to, if we want to try to minimize injury, I do think that the swimming, the whole idea of swimming and taking that and making it not only fun for the young kids so they don't look at it as a rigorous training, they look at it more as recreational. Mm-hmm. So it, that helps unlock them mentally to go ahead and give it a try. And, and then without them even realizing it, they're getting car- good cardio in as well as building their body up to be prepared for those rigorous seasons of playing, I mean, because you you know better than anybody else that most elite players start out at five years old, and they don't stop. Like once you start, you don't really stop till you retire. People kind of underestimate that or, or don't really understand what that means. You, you're starting them at five years old. That this is twenty plus years of running up and down a basketball court. So twenty five, and then you may then there might be pressure to play all the way until you're in your thirties. Right. You know, you know the body. It's only going to get so much mileage and through, you know, usage that's repetitive. You're working with great gift, but you're working with ligaments and tendons, right? And things that are cushions to stabilize pounds of pressure from jumping so high. And then you got to land. It's great to be able to jump really high, but you still got to land. That's right. That's science that you got to investigate and consider. Um, and so I know we're running out of time. <laughs> And if I could bring it to a quick wrap do what you up, do, sir. it's simply this to everyone listening, man. If you take action with your vision, you can change your world. This is the mission. 
This is the purpose, right? right. This is why we exist. This is why this program exists. Right. Exactly. But that's the power of the pen and the narrative.